Pink is easily the best prom movie ever made, and it reinvented a Romeo and Juliet love story, transforming it into a love triangle divide over social classes. It was also the third and final collaboration between John Hughes and his muse, Molly Ringwald. And for a John Hughes film, this is a very feminist film for him. Um, except for the ending, because this is 80s movies. I guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. Pretty in Pink follows Andy, a teen girl from the wrong side of the tracks, attending an expensive private school on a scholarship, along with her childhood friend, Ducky. And she's surrounded by misogyny. I mean, what are you talking about? These are the boys I grew up with, Riley. <laughs> and the boys I grew up with now, because of you. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot in this film that shows you what's wrong with your parents. <laughs> there, There is a lot. I have to say, before we get into that, we have to talk about what's so rad about it. And it really does leave its mark in history with the music and the fashion. I mean, the music, a lot of it was due to Molly Ringwald, who was particularly apt um, uh, uh, on the music scene and who recommended the psychedelic first song that gave the film its title. The new wave soundtrack is just off the charts. This is the music I grew up with and listened to, like OMD, Psychedelic Furs, The Smiths, In Excess, Echo and the Bunnymen. Um, but this type of music was also a John Hughes hallmark. Yeah, well, no, it's a time capsule. Yeah, it really is. And the fashion, even more so, because, I mean, you know, always costumes define a character, but this film is really. Uh, and I mean, one of the top 10 examples of that. It's very extra. Very extra <laughs> with their character clothes. Yeah. <laughs> but they make you know the character by their clothes. You know exactly what that character is going to say because of their clothing. Yeah. Yeah. I want to kind of, I mean, everyone, even the background characters, every single moment is like, yep, yep, yep. Know that person. You knew who they were by the way they wore their hair, by the way they dressed. Um it's, I miss that. I kind of want that. Yeah. I mean, but it kind of puts stereotypes on. Well, it does. I mean, that's the thing that, you know, when you did see punks and you thought how cool, like, right. You commented while you're watching the film, some of that punk hairstyles, why don't people wear their hair that spiky? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know. I mean, it was cool. I do have to say though, Andy was clearly on a scholarship but then when she went to lunch and she was outside and clearly the Richie stayed inside and the whatever they called the poor kids, you know, right. went outside. I was like, there's a lot of kids on scholarship. <laughs> you know? A ton. There was a lot. Uh, yeah, it was a very generous school. So um, but but beyond that, you know, I think that uh, Ducky, I mean, Ducky is an extreme version of that kind of guy but and he really uh which is which is more of a new wave look you saw a little bit of that in valley girl but this was you know with the the hair that's sort of like a a brian setzer from stray cats and the shoulder pads the shoulder pads the suits the brooches the the bolo tie (laughs) i mean it's so fascinating because you see some of the bolo tie today and you're like whoa i'm gonna walk on the other side of the street but um (laughs) i I weirdly like bolo ties i don't even know why not on old weird white men not that but like but yeah yeah. (laughs) but like but like we're not bikers by the way (laughs) i've seen a lot of things like there were a lot of tv shows within like for my general like wizards of waverly place and iCarly and stuff where they would mention those ties Mm -hmm. and i don't know i've just been fascinated with them ever since Mm because they're like look at my tie like every single time they just feel like look at my tie it definitely makes a statement to say that um the you were aghast at the 
teen boys wearing suits to school. Yes, because at my school, my school's mean, but my school, but which school? Both schools? Um, honestly, probably. Okay. Because you went to a rich kid school and then you went to a more yeah, regular. Yeah, the kid the school. rich kid school definitely would have been way more mean about it. But um, the, if you if you wore a suit to school and you weren't there for a class, they'd probably call you autistic or something. Like, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but there was, I know there was one rich kid that I'm pretty sure was, mm-hmm. and he would wear his tennis clothes and suits, and he would bring a briefcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like, I, but I genuinely think that he, he was. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that that is another thing with your generation versus our generation is autism has really increased and i think we wonder is it autism or is it the awareness it's of definitely autism? the awareness i don't okay. know it's 100 percent the awareness you really think your parents weren't drinking while pregnant like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like no it's definitely the awareness of it all that's mm-hmm. why we all well that's probably why uh, most of my generation has anxiety or has depression is just because we we actually figured it out because we have the technology and the, the awareness and the science yeah we yeah. have the science to know mm-hmm. and have like okay i have this 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 oh my god and i think a lot of my generation has that what's that uh that uh like phobia thing where like whenever you see a sickness you think you have it Mm, or whatever mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of yeah i definitely feel like i have a little bit of that and a lot of my peers have that just because you go you you look up you're sick you look up symptoms and it says you have cancer like i (laughs) i you know you never really know but at the same time like you do know because it's science and that's that's not they're not wrong mm-hmm. you could have cancer like yeah, yeah they're not giving you wrong information it's just like maybe that's not the right outcome right right um yeah i mean i i there are people who i look back and wonder if they weren't on the spectrum and then feel you know i mean i i i didn't tease anybody i was never i was uh, uh always the new student so you know you're in no position <laughs> I used to it perpetual three different high schools never in a position to you know ever feel entitled to be superior over anybody uh, but boy yep. there were some kids who really you know uh, were the subject of we were always the punchline and I feel bad for them oh um, yeah. yeah I was the punchline yeah and I, you know I you know what now that I think about it I was gonna say I what I would do is I wouldn't tease anyone that did I deserve people who I whoa I teased people who deserved it. Yeah. And most of the time it was straight boys. <laughs> or my, or if we're doing it in like little fun ways, my like friends who are girls. Mm-hmm. But for, bo- I was mainly teasing and making fun of the boys. And honestly, I feel like that's why they attacked me because men's egos are very fragile, if you didn't know. No, that's, that's not a new thing, Riley. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think, As you can tell been... from Steph in the movie, yeah. she rejects him so much that he's like, she's trash, she's trash, she's trash. She's like, uh, I just don't want to have sex with you. Yeah. I don't want anyone going on a date with you. Right. And you're rich, you're loaded. Right. And I don't care. Yeah. And that hurt him, because he has a fragile ego. And guess what? None well, of that. He's m- also a narcissist. Well, there's and the that. malignant narcissist. But he, but he's also a man with a small <laughs> ego. And at the end of the day, that's not even his money. Yeah. It's his daddy's money that, that he was, which he was trying to show. And this is okay. So let's get back to that in the linen suit, right? The linen suit wearing. So the '80s became this, you know, wildly rich, wildly ostentatious time. If you had money, you showed you had money. Um, and it, you, you, 
you know, they're yuppies maybe, but more than that. I mean, the idea is I'm throwing this huge party that I'm going to go, my parents left me here for the weekend and I'm going to destroy their house. We have so much money that I can do that and it'll be fine, you know, and that, and that's how I show how I am so cool that I can both flaunt my wealth and yet, you know, I don't respect it. And we can all respect me because of that. That's sort of the attitude. But the wearing the linen suits to school was a way, which, you know, linen suits are like, you know, I mean, it's the it's the ultimate in luxury items because linen wrinkles immediately upon, upon putting it on. So that means that you had to pay for dry cleaning. And then probably you have a, a servant who can iron it throughout the day, you know, and keep it looking fresh. It's, a, I mean, but those linen suits... I mean, there were people in my class in 1985 that I remember wearing those linen suits to school. That was a real thing. And then if you look at family ties and, and, you know, as uh, Reaganism really took over, which is part of that pursuit of money. Yeah, kids, there were boys who'd go to school wearing a tie, you know, carrying a briefcase, just like Alex P. Keaton on Family Ties. Like you saw that. That was real. Um, So you see that in these rich, richy characters. And so, but I do want to say that Molly Ringwald's fashion is something, you know, special. Something unique. That prom dress is so ugly. Everything she wore was ugly. Okay, so the idea is that she's, they're so poor that all of her clothes come from thrift shops, but she's so, um, you know, she's so talented and creative and, um, you know, and, 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 and in a sense has such grit that she can just sort of take things and she'll make something beautiful out of it, right? And, um, you know, part of the idea, I think one of her most horrendous outfits, besides the prom dress, is the outfit she wears on the first date with Blaine. And um, I did read uh, a, a, an article um, that someone wrote about that outfit and saying that if you think about it, the point is, like, she's going to this party that, you know, where the, the awful girl, um, Benny, uh, you know, is, is like constantly ripping her. And where did you get that? The five and dime. Uh, and the idea is that she's dressed like the furniture, you know, I mean, that's how much, of she's something that they would sit on, you know, she's so beneath, literally beneath them in their estimation. And then she, and she dresses like that. So, uh, but yeah, she's, her, I just want to make sure you know that while she's an extreme version of some fashion that was going on, like n- nobody thought that was cute. And yeah. <laughs> that prom dress was hideous. And Molly Ringwald fought against that prom dress. She was like, this is ugly. I'm not wearing that. And then the costume designer took it to John Hughes. And he was like, yeah, I think that, you know, I think Andy, this looks like Andy. And I'm sure Molly Ringwald was like, <laughs> not what I wanted. Um, so Ducky. Yes. What would you call Ducky today? A simp, I guess. I mean, isn't he the very definition of of a simp? Yeah, I guess. I don't really call people that. I feel I find that stupid. Like, if you like someone and you want to do things for them, like, go yeah. for it. Yeah. But, why are we but, be, Why are we letting the secret out, right? By yeah. being derogatory about it. Like, it's nice to have someone who yeah. adores you. <laughs> yeah. Like that's why she keeps him around. Like, cause he's at the end of the day, he's yeah, he's a little creepy and says stupid. Sh- stuff to other girls uh-huh. but like but he's not it's not like he ever touched her or like groped her or yeah. like you know he likes her he genuinely likes her and yeah. like he would not hurt her like that so right right it's you always keep those guys around because you're like well he's not gonna hurt me mm-hmm 
Yeah. I mean, the one thing I think watching this with a, you know, having not seen it in a while, I was shocked to hear the crude come on that he makes to the girls in high school that he says, you know, makes some crack about getting them both pregnant by Christmas, both pregnant by Christmas. Yeah. And then I, it made me kind of consider that while Andy is, is not his girlfriend when, and he knows where he stands with her when she goes on a date, he is so outraged. Yep. Um, I mean, another form of misogyny. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just fascinating. I mean, adoration is wonderful when that affection is returned. Men, this is what men think. I'm going to explain it real quick. Okay. They, they, I love that you acknowledge that. <laughs> they think that um, when girls cheat, it's so much more different and it's so much more heartbreaking. You want to know why? Why? Because as a man, your instinct is to have sex, right? Mm-hmm. That's your instinct. Yeah. And so when you go have sex with some random girl that you met at a bar for one night, you're like, it's it was one time. I'm never going to talk to her again. I don't actually like her. Whatever. At the end of the day, you still cheated on your girlfriend and disrespected her. But what they think is that that's not wrong because mm-hmm. they don't actually like the girl and they feel like they abused the girl. So they're like, why are you mad? But when a girl cheats, mm-hmm. it's because she's unhappy with the relationship. Mm-hmm. So men take that to heart mm-hmm. because that means, oh, I I messed up and... I, but I, I, but because their egos are so small or they're narcissists, mm-hmm. they think they didn't do anything wrong. So then they start blaming her and then they're like, well, I didn't like you anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of that but is... you're trash anyways. You're a whore. You had sex with me? You're a whore. Oh, right. Which, by the way, <laughs> Steph continually says to Benny... You're trash. You're trash. You're... He calls her a slut. He calls her, you know, like, and, and as if it's dirty talk and she enjoys it. And like, yeah. oh, yeah, I love my boyfriend talking to me like this. Thank you, John Hughes. I mean, I get yeah. that it's supposed to be a character indictment about them, but still, Steph is wealthy. He is an aspirational character. So when you have them say these things to a young audience, it does get in their brain. He says this to her. She likes it. Mm-hmm. She goes along with it. It's part of their banter. Thank you, John Hughes, for making abuse seem normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the the issue, I mean, I'm just curious because you don't know the history of the film. What did you think about the ending? I mean, whatever. Like, okay, that's what everybody thought was going to happen, right? Yeah, but that she would wind up with Blaine? Oh, yeah. Well, I well I genuinely thought she would end up with Ducky. Okay. And why did you think that? And I honestly, when we were just talking about this, I thought that she ended up with Ducky. I totally forgot about that last, that disgusting kissing. Can we just talk about how disgusting their kissing scenes are? Tongues. It's, no, it's tongues <laughs> and it's no lips because they're like white with small, tiny lips that just don't, they don't even fit to each other. <laughs> Molly Ringwald has big, beautiful but lips. But he does okay. it. And so don't it's... you, don't you come for Andrew McCarthy. That is... That's my teen crush right there. Everyone has a flaw. (laughs) And you need to acknowledge that. Yeah. I mean, I was never a Jake Ryan girl. I was always, uh, I was always the Andrew McCarthy character, the journalist, the, you know, introspective, the, you know, trying to, to, to figure out his path in the world with so much heart and emotion on his sleeve. Oh, that's my guy. But what was the actual ending supposed to be? Because you told me that. Yeah, I just, yes. So 
the ending was supposed to be that she wound up with Ducky. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. That was what I everyone thought was going to happen. And I thought that's what did happen. That feels like a little bit of a Mandela effect for me. Yeah. Mm. Because I swear that happened. Like, I totally blanked on that whole kissing scene. That, and it, when we watched it, yes, but, or whenever we watched it. A few it, days ago, yeah. The, like, when I saw it, I was like, what? This happened? Well, this I think happened? what bothers me is that the male takeaway of why that occurred um bug i think has been misjudged so they what happened was that they filmed the original ending with her winding up with ducky dancing with him on the dance floor blaine came to the prom with a date Mm -hmm. that was how it was originally written okay um but in the test screening according to howard deutsch the director he said that people, I mean, that teen girls booed loudly at the screen when with her being with Ducky. They didn't want to see that. So well, that's true. You don't, you don't ever go for your person that's obsessed with you. Yeah, you don't ever want them. I mean, this is it, it was this, and then you know Molly Ringwald had told them earlier they were going, they wanted to cast Robert Downey Jr. Who we've seen, I don't, I think you've seen some films when he was younger yeah, yeah. that playing this kind of agitated, uh, uh, there's that Anthony Michael Hall movie that he did. I can't, I can't think of it where there, he's, Anthony Michael Hall's a football star, but you really see that kind of like geeky side of Robert Downey geeky, Jr. Geeky, side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take your pick. It worked. He was typecast both ways. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but he, that to Molly Ringwald made sense for Andy. You could see with Robert Downey Jr. that he could be a what we call a simp now and that she would uh, realize that he was her true love. But once they cast John Cryer, the energy he brought to the role... Totally different. She said, I don't see this happening anymore. Mm-mm. And so I think this is where... But the men said, oh, teen girls just want to see her wind up with the cute boy no and that's not it no it's, it's not authentic no it wasn't that it was it's the fact that she chose that she was like okay you know what i'm gonna go for it even though he's probably going to college or whatever and we're uh-huh. taking this huge step mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna be the person that's how i saw it at least yeah well because she's she's the, like you said at the, when when it ended she's the one that kissed him well in they she's the one who originally kisses him the first time Right. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, that I just want to make a note, like as a, I work for Common Sense Media and I've also been doing um, uh, reviews that are for parents and for kids, you know, to help kids and families be more aware of the media and how it impacts you. So this is a big thing that if you notice in t- movies today, you will notice that either the first kiss happens or sex happens where it seems to be a mutual decision. They both lean toward each other for that first kiss or the woman will kiss the the guy first and that is to try and get rid of the rapey culture in which we have lived for the last i don't know all of history um <laughs> literally uh but so it was very i saw that and i was like awesome and that does make sense for andy's character because she's very self-possessed she knows who she is she yeah. knows what she wants and then that's kind of what is weird about how they i mean they really tried their hardest to make this work where it, we felt okay, but Blaine gaslights Andy. I mean, he says oh, so much. Just like he literally all forms of misogyny are these men. There, mm-hmm. There's three different kinds of guys in the world: mm-hmm. Steph, <laughs> Ducky, and whatever his and Blaine. Name. And Blaine, yeah, yes. yeah, like literally. Um, yeah, he um, he tells her that 
you know, we know what happens. Steph gave him pressure. We see Blaine doesn't return her calls. We see him lying to her to break off their prom date. And then he tells her at prom, I always believed in you. You didn't believe in me. I love you. Always. That is so manipulative, you know? I mean, and it's it's gaslighting. That's it not is. what happened. That's not the story. We as the audience know that's not what happened. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, Andy stands there, and then she is prodded by her best friend, Ducky, who I don't think this even makes sense for Ducky. This isn't consistent with Ducky's no. character. He's finally getting the woman he loves. He knows that he would be a better partner for Andy than Blaine. And... He's right. I mean, even though we don't want to see Andy and Ducky together because we know that's not an authentic choice for Andy. After eight years, like, you know. You know what I mean? There's either a spark there or there's not. Right. I mean, there are stories of friendship evolving into more. And I've had, you know, that experience. But it's, one, not spread out over eight years uh, leading up to that moment. And two, even though you're friends, there's a little something. You know what I mean? Like, there's a little something right. in there. Somewhere bubbling. There's nothing bubbling for Andy. She is annoyed by him. He, Ducky's annoying. Super. Irritating. Um, and it just, and so that ending doesn't make sense. But the impact of this amazing John Hughes film, John Hughes, at this point, completely revered for telling authentic teen stories, for giving you know, these, this story about who you're going to go to prom with, right? Like before that would never be a movie, No, you know, because the adults making films don't think that the stakes are high enough for that to be cinematic. But John Hughes understood that when you're a teenager, everything feels so much stronger. So it resonates so hard and it feels like that's your whole world. It doesn't, when you're a teenager, it's hard to see well, next week. You know, next week it'll be better. Tomorrow will be better. You just feel what you're feeling. I don't think there's a time in your life where you feel more than when you're a teenager. And so he got that, you know? And so that's and so that's what it's about. Um, but the impact of seeing this film that you as a teenager, that teens knew was important, and especially if you were even younger, you know, 10, 11, 12, it, it, it kind of t- said to women... Like, it's okay. He loves you. And isn't that what's important? No. <laughs> don't don't lie to me. <laughs> don't gaslight me. If you loved me, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. You wouldn't manipulate me if you if you loved me. Yeah. That's exactly why I... Mm-hmm. And oh, the, my God. I mean, the song, If You Leave, like, oh, my gosh, I, I can't go on. You know, If You Leave, I'll... I mean, that's that song. It, I mean, it's just... Dude, all... Every single girl I know who had, like, a serious relationship and she tried to break up with them because they were crazy or something, the boys be like, I'm gonna kill myself if you leave. I'm gonna kill myself if you leave. Oh, I left five months ago and you're still alive. <laughs> what was that? Just a threat? I mean, I think, I can't remember if I've said this on this podcast before, but I did date this guy in college, and uh, basically right around the time that I was planning to break up with him, he went through, he was a, a football player on the foot, on, had always been a starter since he was a freshman, and then his senior year, he got benched, or he got, he got, he, he got, he became the backup, and someone else, like, kind of took his slot, and he was devastated, And then, I mean, I was just, I mean, I was like, I was done with the relationship and I was just trying to figure out how to say it. And then he says to me, I don't, you're the only thing keeping me alive. I would kill myself 
if it weren't for you. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. It was awful. So then eventually, of course, you know, I try to stay there for him, but eventually, you know, it's, we, we, we break up all of the threats. I am out of town, but happen to work for the police department as, as he's giving me these, you know, as he's, as he's threatening suicide. So I, I'm worried about him. I'm checking in on him. He doesn't answer his phone, doesn't answer his phone, doesn't answer his phone. I call the police department. I'm like, please, you know, as a personal favor, like, don't put it on the, don't put it out. Cause he's a fa- you know, he's a football player. So he's famous in this town. Like you got to just go, here's where he lives. They go, they bang on the door. No one answers. No one answers. They're about to break down the door and he pulls up and he was on a date. <laughs> Like, I don't care if you're on a date. Just don't lie to me. I, I know. won't call the cops. Exactly. Especially if you threaten stuff like that. But the impact of that, of course, you know, is that women, uh, as women watch this as young teen girls, you just sort of understand that, it okay, guys kind of mistreat you. But if they love you, it's okay. Or by the way, if they tell you they love you. I mean, actions speak louder than words. He broke up with her. Now, we're supposed to understand because he came to prom alone, it shows he really does love her. And it really was her fault. Bull. You know, he was weak and he, you know, bowed to the pressure of his friend who he knew was a douche and it didn't make, you know, and that's who he is. So the idea that she would go to him and kiss and make up and leave Ducky. And then we feel better about Ducky because a young Christy Swanson um, spots him and is interested in him. So Ducky, all of those feelings that he has thrown out, just tosses him over his shoulder and moves on. Everybody's happy, happy ending. Yay. You know, teens' feelings are meaningless. Um, let's. The other big thing about this film that I think is notable is Andy's relationship with her dad. Eighties films always show parents being disconnected to their children. You you know they're either self absorbed. Uh, they're so worried about like, you know, they're working all the time, so they don't pay attention. I mean, we see this over and over. It was, it wasn't not true. You know, it wasn't not true as a sweeping generalization. Um, parents were self-absorbed and they come from a generation, as we've talked about before, that, uh, where the, where kids just went outside and played in the 50s, 60s, they just did their own thing, came home. I, I don't know what the relationship since I wasn't there, uh, in, in the 50s and 60s with parenting, but that's how they were parented. So they kind of thought the same thing, but now they had careers, so they weren't necessarily home. But, um, but tell me what you think about Andy's relationship with her dad. I thought it was nice, but at the same time, she's kind of harsh on him. I mean, I, I mean, I feel like her dad's like the one... He's like the one guy that wasn't like full of misogyny, in my well, opinion. Well, true. He was, he, you know, he seems like a one-time ducky in a way, you know? I mean, he married the love of his life. It doesn't sound like the love of his life was ever that into him. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting if they had made that comparison to be like, yeah, you can, what if you... Well, that's that's exactly what his dad says to Ducky when Ducky mm-hmm. comes and talks to him. He's like, I, can I, he's like, I love your daughter. Can I marry her? And he was like does she love you and he was like i mean and he's like well i remember when i had a when i was in a relationship and then she left me and he was like is this andy's mother and he was like yes okay maybe i needed to be hit over the head harder with that you're right you're right they do make the comparison then very subtly nice writing john hughes sorry i didn't pick up on that um yeah uh but i think that the bigger most shocking takeaway here 
is that it, it really shows that Andy has been parentified. And in the 80s, that wasn't something I don't, I don't think we were terribly aware of as being an issue. But we are now. I mean, we see, I mean, Andy's dad is deeply depressed. Mm-hmm. And I think we understand depression more than we do, than we did then. But he's, de- he's so depressed that for three years, he, he can barely get off the couch. Um, Andy is his caretaker. She treats him like a child. Um, puts on a happy face, you know, even when she's sad to, to lift him up, doesn't want to let him know when things are real. I mean, she'll share with him, but she doesn't really go deep. Like you see her going, hi, oh, thank you. This is so thoughtful, you know, like you would a kid who brings you burnt toast on Mother's Day, you know. Um, they She praises him when he accomplishes small tasks. And so, and she also has to fill the emotional void for her dad, that he is lacking. Um, and he compares her to her mother constantly. I think what's left unfulfilled here, though, is the impact of parentification, which may be because Andy's a teenager. She says she's 14 when that happened. Uh, it didn't have an impact as it does when you're a child, like when this happens when you're younger, um, which certainly because of drug and alcohol abuse in the 80s was happening more and more with younger kids. But, you know, if you're parentified, the signs as you become an adult, anxiety, Depression, suicidal thoughts, feelings of guilt and shame, unrelenting worry, social isolation, and then physical symptoms of anxiety and depression, such as stomachs, stomach aches, headaches, etc. Yeah, (laughs) Andy doesn't display this. Uh, And so I kind of think in a way, like it's great that they kind of showed that so that we could look at it. And I think maybe it's because they didn't know then. What would happen yeah, to kids? I I think yeah, definitely that. And I the only reason I thought it was sweet because I understood that like that's very obvious. But what the reason it's sweet is because uh or nice is because it's just refreshing to like not see like once again a disconnected just like there's so many worse fathers that there could be. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't an alcoholic or a drug addict. He was just depressed and yeah. like yeah stuff happens you know right, what I mean right and it's not you know like it's not like he and he's not technically forcing her I feel like she's just doing it to make it better and try and get him up like yeah and that's more of a support system right than it is a parental like no, she's but, pretty well parentified but no but she definitely did but I don't but she cooks the meals well no but it's just like I know I understand everything and he does things like forgets what you know, that she doesn't eat eggs, right? The one time he makes food, he makes something that she doesn't eat, um, you know? So, well, you're giving me the eyes. I'm saying, like, I, you want me to keep up with what you like today that you used Literally, to like. Literally, <laughs> in high school, for in my lunch, you gave me an apple and a pickle. And that was my lunch. So, no. Oh, I'm giving... No, that's not true. Yes, it I is. I never would yes, have sent you with only an yes. apple and a pickle. Yes, oh, you Riley. did, Mom. Stop. Don't even lie. Because what are you talking about? Because then I thought about? you had money to buy something else, and that was your snack. No. Okay, I think we had a misunderstanding. Do not act like I don't feed you guys, okay? You no, have but in high school, the lunch... That's, that's why you. I got so angry and ask you to buy me food every day. I'd be like, can you bring me Taco Bell? Because you wouldn't put anything in my lunch, and I didn't have any money in my account. Remember that whole... There was a whole thing 
thing where well, I had was... like negative seventy five dollars in my account. Okay, fine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't. <laughs> it wasn't negative seventy five dollars. They don't give you seventy five dollars worth of credit. But um, but yeah, there would be times where I wouldn't know. We'd have a miscommunication. But overall, let's not act like I starved you to death. Okay, and you did like pickles, so just stop it. <laughs> I didn't want to eat one ginormous pickle in front of my whole class. Okay, now that's fair. That's how that's men fair. sexualize you. Okay, fine. Have you ever watched Did Jersey see- Shore when Snooky was eating the pickle? No, I didn't actually, but yeah. Snooky loves pickles too. Okay. And guess what? She's extremely sexualized. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, all right. Well, as far as Pretty in Pink is concerned, I think that that pretty well sums it up. Yeah. But I, I, I'm going to say there's worse parents. There's worse yeah. parents than her dad. Like, yeah. her mom left. Right. right. <laughs> like, I, that's why. And, and then her at the end of the day, her dad still cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's refreshing. Usually the dad's like, whatever, I don't care. Finds another woman. Just I like, don't know that that's the case. I, what I've uh, seen... Well, I, in a lot of movies, that yeah. seems to be the case. Literally, Ducky, it's, he's been in love with her for eight years, and the minute he's like, okay, go be with Blaine, he picks up some random girl and, throw, like you just said, yeah, throws, throws everything her. out the freaking window. So right. what are you talking about? You literally just said that. Well, that's what meant. That's what happens. And so it's refreshing to see someone actually care. It's been three, four... What did he say? Three, four years since it happened and he's he still cares about her like and he's still thinking about her all the time that's refreshing to see a marriage that actually someone actually wanted to be in right because i don't see a lot of that i really don't see any marriages that people actually want to be in Mm -hmm. like everybody does i don't i don't see it Mm -hmm. like even at couples that come into my restaurant i'm like these people do not love each other Mm -hmm. like it's it it's it's blatantly obvious Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, get out of the marriage. He's mm-hmm. rich, so what? Take half his money. You should have signed a prenup or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that's on you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if that's what you were in for, mm-hmm. like, it, nobody ever wants to be together anymore. Literally, it's like 75% of the world is divorced. <laughs> like, yeah. they say 50. It's 75. Well, it's 75. Well, the only people who stay married are rich people because they're too scared to leave. Well, what I do want to say that I think is to your point, and I'm glad that you brought that up, is that it's not true that men, they they are often depicted in the media, especially in the 80s, right? Of, depicted of, in the media. Like, I, like, we haven't dealt with this. No, yet. I know, but I'm saying, but what how it's depicted in the media impacts how you are in real life. So, because you are what you watch, that's how you take your social cues. So, the idea is that men before were yes like I'm going to go distract myself with another woman or I don't really care about her anyway I was just in it for the sex that is how things are depicted but I know men feel like you know when they fall in love they fall in love you know they fall in love and so I think in some cases you know deeper perhaps even than women you know I mean it's uh so I think that the idea that the dad was this devastated and that he felt so much is actually an unusual depiction that is a positive depiction in some sense That's of what showing I'm yeah I know I know I'm just putting it in different words you're bringing that up that both Ducky and um, Andy's father are being permitted to share their emotions in a uh, more feminine way at that time which was less accepted at that time. And unfortunately, that's part of the reason she doesn't like Ducky. I mean, 
even Blaine is more reserved in sharing how he feels. You know, he's there, he's flirting with her, he takes her on a date. You know, they do have some communication, but the communication isn't great. We don't get the full effect of his feelings, you know, except for his big emotive eyes, which are so beautiful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I, I agree with you. I do think that that is positive. But then the characters aren't shown positively. And I know, and in fact, John Cryer has said he thinks that part of the reason that Ducky gets the short end of the stick revised edition is because of how emotional you know, because of that, because he, he was able to, you know, he's this emotional character, but I don't know. Anyway, that is 80s movies. That is uh, also what is wrong with your parents. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Verbal, uh, Blog Talk Radio, you know, pretty much. I, I honestly, I don't know. I just like, I apparently, if you just Google it, you'll find us. That's, that's what I've learned. Um, and we're on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at eighties movie guide. So please follow us and also go to eighties movies, um, eighties movie And you will also see a lot more information behind the scenes, the making of stories of your favorite eighties movies. So thanks. We'll catch you next time. Caroline.